Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Home is more than a house. It's a personal paradise. Get yours with Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Get your Rocket Mortgage on, son. Our situation Sunday is the NFL on CBS is all over you with a double dip, son. First, Baltimore's MVP candidate Lamar Jackson takes his show on the road to Buffalo, followed by a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game of the Patriots. Welcome the Chiefs into Gillette up in Foxborough. It all starts with the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, with JB and the guys on CBS. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4CBS, brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can be just like Carver High. Here's what he did. He switched to Geico. He went to geico.com, literally with like a can of beer in his hand. And in 15 minutes, he saved over 15% on his car insurance. He told me it was at 17.5%. But that was him because he's, you know, got connections with the chick at Geico, apparently. She's an Islander fan. I told you earlier. Uh, look who it is. Our favorite, uh, B-Cuss, the legendary Brian Custer of Showtime Boxing and CBS Big Three College Football. What doesn't he do? Although I will say this, uh, Mafia just sent me a photo of him bent over and getting spanked and called Charlie rooting for his cow fems tonight in Chicago. How's that going for you there, Slick? What up, son? Are they going to fire your coach tonight and make him walk home? Bro, they should have done that three years ago. I mean, I don't drink, at least not heavily. But, I mean, I might just have to. After, this this is a disaster. Can you even believe? Because, like, honestly, I have to say this. Before the game, like, so I, you know, I don't usually sit around and watch the pregame uh, on, you know, let's say ESPN or whatever before a, a big game or something. Uh, tonight I was sitting there, I had stuff going on, and I had the game on. I'm sitting there watching them, talking about the Cowboys as if they were five-time consecutive world champions going into Chicago. They treat them like they're the greatest team on earth. They got that stupid America's team thing they're still selling people. Meanwhile, they're 6-6 six and six going into the game. They're going home 6-7. and seven. They are anemic. They, do, they deserve no attention whatsoever. You know, uh, listen, I, I can't even argue with, with, with that take. You know, usually I, I'm going right back at you. But for me, when you have a team that looks this pathetic in a division where everyone's trying to give it to you and you still refuse to take it, something's wrong. And, again, they, they should have made a coaching change a long time ago um, because I always believe it starts at the top. Look, you can't change the owner. I mean, he's the owner. So he's, he's always going to be there. But when you have a coach that can't get you ready to come in and smack the Bears around who have been so up and down and get it, I get it that, you know, they've won a couple. But, look, it was only a couple weeks ago Trubisky was so bad they had to make up an excuse that he had a bad hit. Yeah. So, come on, man. This is ridiculous. Yeah, honestly, I got to tell you, Trubisky tonight, like I thought on – 
uh, Thanksgiving. He did a nice job uh, when they were in a problem with the Lions of getting it done. And then tonight he had all of these big third down runs, one of them a 25-yarder for a touchdown. I thought he had his best game tonight of the season, even though he's taken a lot of abuse. Absolutely. I mean, hell, three weeks ago – you. They made it sound like the man needed hip replacement surgery. I mean, you know what I mean? They were making so many excuses for Nagy pulling him. Now, all of a sudden, he's running for first downs. He's running an option scoring touchdowns. He's throwing for touchdowns. And it's like, oh, my goodness, the Bears are back and Trubisky is healthy. Get out of here. The Cowboys are just that pitiful right now and it ticks me off all right let me ask you about uh the buckeyes they are absolutely unbelievable on both sides of the ball justin fields is flat out pimp city their uh defense is is ridiculous i think their running back too is he's going first round he runs over people dobbins he reminds me somebody said the other night he reminds me of you know zeke or uh, of emmett smith when he was in florida and, and the numbers are staggering i think it was uh it was when they were calling the game the other day gus was calling a game and he said he reminds him of that. I agree with that. What do you think of the Buckeyes, the way they absolutely just annihilate Michigan on an annual basis? Yeah, I mean, listen, that that team, it's not even a rivalry anymore. That's another program for me. They need to get rid of the head coach. I mean, when you're in a position uh, coaching that school or coaching Ohio State, it all comes down to one game. Forget about the season. People in Columbus can can even tolerate – if you have a down losing season, but you better win that last game of the regular season, you better beat Michigan. And that's what whomever – the only person who hasn't done it is Luke Fickle. That was the only guy who could do it. He was the only guy, and he was an interim. Uh, other than that, everyone else has smacked Michigan around, and I don't know what's wrong with those people in Michigan that they have drank the blue Kool-Aid with this Harbaugh who cannot beat a team that's either rated in the top ten and surely can't beat Ohio State, and they keep them in there. But without question, Ohio State is on the offense and defense probably the most complete team right now in the playoffs, and you know the college football playoffs committee is just hoping that you would get an Ohio State and an LSU in the final game. Two great programs, two programs that travel, and two programs that bring big-time ratings. Yeah, I agree with you. Brian Custer, uh, the great announcer from Showtime and CBS and Fox, do you think – you know, the, obviously they beat Wisconsin already. Now yeah. they're going to play him again. Right. And then uh, I have to tell you, like, because I think they'll handle Wisconsin unless Taylor runs for 220 yards and three touchdowns. But And that's not happening. But I have to say that against LSU, now I'm willing, because I think Ohio State's absolute just ruthless. They're so good. I love watching them play. But I got to tell you, that LSU football team, I think, can go toe-to-toe with them. Yeah. Literally, it'll be, I think, a game like Clemson-Alabama when, you know, when Clemson scored with four seconds left, that kind of game. Well, to me, the beauty of what LSU did was they embraced what is going on right now uh, with college football, and that is developing that kind of air raid type offense. Remember, even as, as early as a couple of years ago, you know, LSU had that kind of offense that was so archaic. You're like, what is wrong with LSU, and why can't they score any points? And they brought in people and said, okay, we've got to change this up. We've got to start throwing this thing around. we really got to open up the offense. And look at what it's done for that program. Uh, look at what it's done for Burrow, who has just been phenomenal for them. Uh, it will be one 
hell of a football game. And you almost have to laugh, Frutelli, because how about this? It was, what, two two years ago? At Ohio State, you had JT, you had Haskins, you had Burrow, who was begging to get on the field, who was even asking Urban Meyer, please put me on special teams. I just want to play. Right. Get me out there. And they had – their 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 quarterback now who had just transferred in from Georgia they had all of that talent right. at quarterback that's unbelievable I think you know I said this last night because that uh, we we had a discussion on will you know because sometimes a lot of people say he's got Urban Meyer's players how will he do as a recruiter and I said yeah. after this season I think he'll get any kid he wants yeah. in the country yeah no without question and Urban's still there Urban still has an office there so listen he he's doing stuff for Fox but during the week. He's at Ohio State, so he's right there with him. But you're right; they got the number one running back coming in. Uh, they've got a number, the number two, I think, quarterback uh, coming in. So absolutely, I mean, all of these. It, the crazy thing, the way Texas has just fallen off the map. Now all of these kids, whether in Florida and Texas, instead of staying home. They're coming up to either Ohio State or the LSUs. They're going to these these splashy programs that they're watching on television. Hey, uh, because what do you think of the your Reds getting Mustakis? Well, bro, we need something. I mean, come on, bro. <laughs> come on, fruit. Come on, Uncle Fichelli. Come on. <laughs> this, I mean, bro, they ain't been good since my man Dusty. Right, left. right. Let's be real about this. True. I mean, they need all the help they can get. They need some bats, and they need some starting pitching. I mean, I just it, – and this closer they had last year, I mean, it was like a – what little lead they had was gone. So, I, it, they need so much help to be, even be relevant. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's talk boxing. Uh... I have several questions I, I have for you. First of all, we already know uh, you're doing, uh, you know, Jamal Charlo against yeah. uh, Denny Hogan on Saturday on uh, Showtime at Barclays here in uh, Brooklyn. No sleep till. Uh, Charlo's an absolute freak of nature. Yep. He's a great fighter. He really is exciting. There's uh, no doubt about it. But uh, tell me about the Irish boy, uh, Denny Hogan. Hogan. Yeah, you know what? I, listen, I, I, I like him. He's got guts. Uh, he's coming up in weight. Um, obviously, he's going to be – when you watch, look at Charlo and look at him, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a slaughter. But I, I'll give Hogan credit. First of all, he's a tough guy. And, l- listen, if you watched him fight Jaime Munguia in his last fight, I think everybody said he won that fight. But, hey, listen, it was uh, obviously fought in Mexico, uh, how the judges gave Munguia the decision, a split decision at that, is mind-boggling when you watch the fight. So he should be a champion right now. Uh, he says it's his destiny uh, to be a world champion. I tell you what, he's certainly going to have the home field advantage, even though Charlo, four of his last fights have been at Barclays. You know those Irishmen travel. They're going to be in full force at Barclays. They're going to be loud and raucous. He gives tall fighters uh, some problems with his movement. The only question you have is, does he have a granite chin, and does he have enough power to keep Charlo off of him? That's the problem. Cause you know Charlo's got that uppercut, 
And J-Rock found that out the hard way. A number of guys have found that out the hard way. And the question is, will Dennis Hogan find out the hard way? So uh, I know uh, my buddy Bruce Pinkow is going to be at that fight, and I know it's going to be exciting. Uh, The one that I want, though, is your thoughts on uh, the one uh, at late December down in Hot Town with Gervonta Davis. I saw you you chilling with him and idiot face Broner the other day. Well, I, I will say, and, you know, on a side note to, to the fight that we have on Saturday, keep your eye on the co-main right. Eubank Jr. Yeah, I know his dad is nuts. I saw oh him out in God. Vegas last week doing interviews. He was all over the place. Oh, he, he's got to be my <laughs> guest on Saturday, too. And, right. Oh, my God. Whatever he's going to wear, Lord help uh, You should have seen what he was wearing when he showed up. Remember Mavia, that outfit he rolled in with? I don't even know what the hell that was, but I was taking pictures of it. <laughs> he, he looked like a constable. <laughs> a hot pimp, huh? Yeah. <laughs> He He's did. going to be my guest on Saturday, so you so pray for me. I will. Uh, but, Gervonta, I've always said this, and, and I mean this sincerely. To me, the two most explosive, exciting fighters, just explosive and exciting fighters right. in boxing right now, Deontay Wilder and Tank Davis, because they both undefeated, both have an over 95% knockout ratio. And whenever Tank... And Gervont and Deontay get into the ring, it's a knockout. And trust me, your York is Gamboa, a phenomenal amateur. He's had a phenomenal professional career. The problem with Yuri Orkis Gamboa is he likes to mix it up. And when he mixed it up with Bud Crawford, what happened? He got knocked out. Right. And if he wants to mix it up with Tank Davis, it may not go well. So I was at, um, obviously, uh, Bronze Bomber Ortiz 2 yeah. in, in Vegas. And uh, I want to know what you thought of that uh, knockout. Like, he did nothing the whole fight, and then all right. of a sudden that was just – that was Mike Tyson-type stuff and that, that punch. And I was front row grabbing the rope. I was literally in the front row and then with Mafia. And uh, and then my, my – I want your opinion of that punch and his upcoming Fury fight on February 22nd in Vegas. I think that – I think he's going to uh, kill him dead. Yeah, I, I, I think it, – I don't think – trust me, I don't think the rematch will even – Go near 12 rounds. That's number one. Number two, I give Deontay a lot of credit. People take take advantage of his power and just, oh, my God, this guy's so powerful. But give him credit for his intellect because this is a guy who started boxing at 19, 20 years old, and you can see the intellect if you watch that Ortiz fight. People were like, oh, my God, he was giving rounds away. No, he wasn't. He was just using Ortiz like, okay, I got to set him up, and I got to get him in the spot where I can land this right hand flush. So it may take me two rounds. It may take me four. It may take me six. Oh, here's seven. Bam. That's where he is. That's where I need him. And he took his time. And that's, and that's a, a smart fighter because you've got to set up that right hand. And if you watch it again, he threw out the left just as a little paw. Right. Just to get Ortiz to kind of bring his gloves up. And then, boom, came right down the middle with that right hand hitting right there on the top of his dome. And you saw it was lights <laughs> out when he hit the ground. It was great. Whenever a brother hits the ground and you start looking up at the back of your eyes, right. it's over. I actually, when he when he was when he came off of the canvas, I actually described it as I was sitting there with Mavi and I go, he looks like he's trying to figure out which island he's in in the Caribbean. <laughs> like he, he like he like looking right. He had like a, the muscle like the, the facial contorted like look with the eyes rolling. I'm like, bro, he thinks he's in the DR or in St. Kitts. He don't know which island he's on. So here's my yeah, other question. Yeah, Burbick look right, right, right. It was beautiful. I got a picture of it too because I was five feet away from it. 
It was beautiful. So here's my last boxing question, and then I want to ask you one question about hoops. Yeah. Mayweather, 2020. Yeah. Uh, we're going to see him fight, uh, obviously, Pacquiao, and then what? Is he really going to fight this uh, Habib Nurmagomedov? Yeah. Are you kidding well, here's me? A, here's, a, here's a really interesting thing. So, you know, I was sitting there talking to a guy who's very close to, to Mayweather's camp. Right. I was like, okay, give me the skinny on this. And he said, listen, you know Floyd is strategical. He is very, very strategic. Do you think you would, he would come back to face one of these young lines at 147? Of course not. No. Floyd is all about big money now. He's not really trying to take a lot of punishment. How can he make big money and not take a lot of punishment? Fight somebody like Conor McGregor, who the UFC world loves something that would sell, and that whatever Muhammad, whoever it was who Conor lost to, he's controversial, that can sell. Floyd will get under his skin with the talk. Habib. Habib. And, and you know what? It could sell. It could do a lot of stuff. Don't put it past if you see that kind of fight surface in 2020. All right, lastly, um, my, here's my last question for you, off the cuff. All yeah. right, so your boy Cube, who you work with on uh, Big Three. Yep. So last night I dropped 16, 6, and 4, and I hit four three-bombs, including a 25-foot dagger to tie the game with 10 seconds left. And I'm just feeling like it's about time you tell your boy Cube that if you get a little celebrity action going in a little game in the, in the big city here in the Big Apple, you need to call Uncle Futrelli for a little backcourt, uh, power forward, inside-outside game so I can flush a few buckets on your boy Cube's face. Hey, I... We would love to see you, Scott Farrell, in the big three. Let Listen. me tell you something. It would, Joe Johnson took it to another level. ISO. Bro, you would take it to superstardom level where even the NBA would be scared of the big three. Bro, I'm playing seven days a week. Chicks dig me. I look so good. You wouldn't even recognize me. I'll see you soon at the fights. Uh, Saturday night on Showtime. Check it out, everybody from the Barclays. You've got Charlo, Hogan, Eubank. Korobov, whoever the hell that is. And then on the 28th of uh, December, right after Christmas, before the New Year, Jermonda Davis fighting your boy, uh, Y Gamboa, who likes to throw hands. My man, because I love you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I'll see you Saturday night on Showtime. My brother, there is no other. There he is, uh, Brian Custer, the great announcer from Showtime Boxing and CBS and Fox. You see him do some college football as well. Badass. It's Pharrell on the bench with this. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4CBS. Great uh, interview with Brian Custer. Always great to have that guy on the show. He's funny. I'm good friends with him. I've known him forever. He's really cool. I used to do uh, TV with him in New York on that crappy Mets channel. So anyway, uh, how about the reaction to that? Did you see the reaction to that, uh, the Mets sale? Like, I mean, I, you would have thought, like, you would have thought Satan owned the team, right? The way, did you see the press today that they got? The, like, people, like, this, like, they're celebrating. They're, like, they want to have a parade. They're, they're literally, like, it's reason the, to celebrate. And they're the same thing he's, that Mavia said last night, one down, one to go. You know, get rid of uh, the other guy, too, Dolan. But I'm telling you, good luck with that. But you never know. Like, if they're going to sell for billions, why wouldn't Dolan? Can you imagine the money Dolan would get for the Knicks and Rangers? It's a different it, – it's a much different scenario. And Dolan's uh, – he's a younger guy, and he – I think he loves having that toy um, that he owns sports teams. Right. Like, that's just a toy. And there. he loves that people hate him. I think he likes that part of it, too. The Wilpons is a, a bit of a different situation. These are – 
guys that lost a lot of money in a deal 10 years ago, whatever it was, with, with Madoff and Fred's getting older. Um, apparently, you know, Saul Katz, they're their owners. They're, you know, there wasn't a good plan of who was going to take over down the road. So they're going to cash out. So that's pretty much what right. they're going to do. I just I thought the reaction was incredible today. What were they doing on uh, the fan? Because I know they uh, they had to get all worked up about it there. I'm sure didn't they, they did. I I have no idea. Really? I can't listen there to that during the day. No. All right. So uh, that's all happening. I, I will say this: um, this game tonight is unbelievable. Uh, not that because the Cowboys are going to lose. So they they keep trying to sell you that they're still in this game with 20 seconds left. And even if they score here, which they're getting down inside the, uh, you know, 15-yard line with 12 seconds left, it doesn't matter. They're going to lose, and they're not going to – they're going to lose, and they won't cover, okay? They were laying three. So any slice of pizza here, they could score. It doesn't even matter. They'd be what? It'd be 31-27, 28. They'd be down a field goal if they went for two, right, and then kick off. And they're going to do all that in, in uh, what? That's what they're going to do right now. They're going to kick the field goal now and then onside kick it right and then try to recover that and then throw a Hail Mary. Good for and Luck. Wait, this guy's been going. He it, might even miss it, it now. Yeah, the way it, he's missed kicks. Brett Mayer has been a shankopotamus tonight, and he hasn't been hitting anything. So he got this one, though. So now you're going to have a uh, eight-second window to get an onside kick and a Hail Mary. Good luck. Watch it happens. No, I, it's not happening. So either way, the Bears are going to win this game outright and cover the three, if you ask me, any way you slice it. And uh, lucky, somebody asked me today, Carver, either like, how do you feel about uh, your uh, pick tonight? And I said, I'm nervous about it because they're both so awful. I always tell you, there's nothing worse than betting on two awful teams. It's a tough game to forecast. It was going into it. Because there's right. so much unknown. It's a, you flip a coin because it, you bet on losers and you can never figure them out. Like, I bet – I've told you this story. I bet on the Jets probably – how many weeks have there been? This is week 14. So, let's say 10 of those 14 weeks I bet on them or against them. And I'm like, 0 oh and 10. I can't – when I bet on them, they never win. When I bet against them, they slaughter the Raiders. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Whatever I do, I bet on them with the Bengals, they, they lose. I bet on them with, the, uh, you know, uh, again, I took Oakland, and then they kicked the uh, Raiders' ass. When you bet on bad teams, bad things happen with your wallet. It gets real thin. Same thing in the NBA. You start betting on these Charlotte Hornets and all these teams like the Atlanta Hawks, all you do is lose money. You got to bet on winners. You got to bet on teams that are good because they get it done. And even, you know, teams that are good, even when they don't get it done, they're in the game always. And you have a better chance. You have your better odds that they're going to be in the game or, you know, make a run or cover. Even if they lose, you can middle it, whatever. You bet on bad teams, bad things happen. Both of these teams are terrible, if you ask me, 6-6. Six and six. Now, the Bears are going to be 7-6, and six, and the Cowboys are going to be 6-7, and seven, obviously. And I think that, you know, if they win – if they win that NFC East, you just want to hurl all over your driveway because they are the epitome of a loser, and you cannot let a loser win that division. 
if you ask me, because I think Philadelphia is just as bad as they are, they have to take this division now with that easy schedule that they have. But wasn't last week easy against Miami? And then Miami kicked their ass. So don't tell me those last four games the Eagles are playing are easy. The Monday night they played the Giants. That one everyone thinks is easy, right? Automatic. They're laying eight and a half. With Eli, the number might change. Who knows? But everybody thinks it's so easy. Uh, and every game they play is a disaster because Wentz has been average at best and their te- team overall has been average and their defense has been pathetic. That is not the team, obviously, that won the Super Bowl. That team's long gone. They're off in lore, loreville history, right? There, there's absolutely nothing left of that franchise when they won the Super Bowl. They're just absolutely, they're so bunk, it's not even funny. One of those two crappy teams is going to be in the playoffs. Not only that, they're going to host a playoff game. We had this discussion last night. It is what it is. They'll host a playoff game. So whoever plays them is going to beat them because they both suck. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, uh, so I hit the Bears to win and getting three. So money line and spread, double hit, double cover. Pharrellonthebench.com, always helping the community out and the citizenry, getting everybody some uh, extra millones in their pocket. You got to get some uh, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Uh, the Federal Reserve, PharrellOnTheBench.com. All my picks for Pain Day Sunday are posted and ranked. All my conference championship game picks are posted and ranked. I kill it every night in the NBA and college rack. I mean, literally, like five out of seven nights a week, I rake. And then uh, NHL, it's ridiculous. Between, you know, Carver High and I, I mean, we're ruthless with the hockey snacks. Ruthless. And then you got boxing and UFC. It's ridiculous what Mafia does with the UFC and my boxing. I don't know the last time I got a fight wrong. Pharrellonthebench.com. Sign up today. Free spaghetti. Hide the money from your wife. I have one question for you, Carver High. Uh, Tonight in Dallas, how do you think the fans are going to react to that uh, beautiful performance tonight by Jerry's Cowboys, America's team? They should obviously be upset like B-Cuss was talking to you earlier. That's just a... It's such a bad loss. You know, you're coming off last week. You lose at home on Thanksgiving. And it was almost like a carbon copy of the game. You come out. You have a long drive. You get the ball. Go down the field. Take a 7-0 lead. And then just nothing goes right for you after that. Your defense lets the Bears offense, which is so bad, so bad for weeks, let them just run all over you. They look good night. tonight, the Bears. They sure did. I mean, they everything they did worked, and especially Trubisky, the way he was uh, breaking free and running and getting first downs, it was ridiculous. And the crazy thing is, and this is just, it, it's, you know, no matter what happens with the Eagles on Monday night, like, they're still going to be in first place. You know, even if they're both 6-7, and seven, the Cowboys have beaten them heads up already once this year. So, I mean, you're 6-7, and seven, you, you, you know, you got to, this is it now. Three games now left. Now listen to this. So Schmoozer told me in the hallway that they were 77% chance to uh, make the playoffs going in. Now they're, excuse me, 70% going out with a loss. Still right. 70% because, and then I think Marco said, it's going to come down to week 16. They're going to play, gonna play each, each other, other and the game. winner goes to the playoffs. That's what it's going to be. Now, obviously, the Eagles have to, the Eagles are another team. The Eagles and the Cowboys are in the same boat here. Neither of them can get things going. And the Eagles, once again, have another opportunity. Who, who won the night. first matchup between the Cowboys? The, beat, the, beat them well, the then they game. got the edge. Exactly. Well, right now they do. You know, it's just um, 
But they're going to be up. If, if Philly wins this week, aren't they 6-6? Six and six? No, they're 5-7. Uh, and seven. Oh, oh that, they're even worse. So that's what I'm saying. The Cowboys are going to still be in first no matter what because even if they pull even with them here this week, the Cowboys still have that head-to-head edge. So who, what happens if the Eagles beat them in the second matchup? I, what does it come I down think, to? Points? I think it's going to come down. Well, after that is division record. That's where you would go. Right. Uh, and I don't, you know, conference that, record. That, well, division's always first when it comes to who wins the division. Now, I don't know. That would depend then on what conference. They, probably. Uh, you know, the Eagles have division games. Cheerleaders. Left. The Eagles are playing the Giants Monday. They played the Redskins the last game. The Eagles have a bunch of division games left. So right. I think all their games left are division games. Mafia, what did you think of it? And do you think um, that Jerry Jones will fire Jason Garrett? No. The only reason he won't, he should. The only reason he won't is because they still have a chance to make the playoffs. If this game knocked them out of the playoffs, then I could see him coming out tonight, tomorrow, whenever, saying, that's it. We're moving on. We're going to start, you know, a change of culture here. Because they still have a chance to make the playoffs, he's going to leave them in there. Because what are you going to do? Go to Kellen Moore at 30 years old to lead you in the playoffs? You know, when you win this division. Cause Isn't he goes, Rod Marinelli still down there? Yeah, I think he is, too. I mean, it's not even a great option either. Garrett's the best of the worst is what they have. No, right doesn't now, so. and Marinelli always ends up being the interim coach everywhere? Right. I think he would get it. But that's a, he's not going to fire him because that's, you know, because those are the guys you have left on the staff after you get rid of him. That so. guy is so doomed, it's not even funny. They, it doesn't even matter if they make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, let's say the Niners go to Dallas to play that game. The Niners are going to annihilate them. Right, unless they win the Super Bowl. That guy's out after this year, and he deserves to be. The way they've looked in these – and they've had so many national TV games, too. The last three games have all been on national TV, and they look terrible between the Patriots, the Thanksgiving Day game against the Bills, and then this one, and just getting embarrassed left Why, and right. Let me ask you this question. Why do they keep putting the Cowboys on national television as if they're – America's like, team. I know, but they try to sell this team to us like we want to watch this crappy because, because football. Because you got to understand, even, there are obviously a lot of Cowboy fans. We know that. But there's also – they're one of those teams that if you're not a Cowboy fan, you hate them and you like to see them lose. People like watching the Cowboys lose. Like tonight – them losing this game on Thursday Night Football, like, people love this. If you're not a Cowboy fan, you love this. I enjoyed it. Uh, Keyshawn in Dallas on the ticket. Hello? Yo. Oh, my God, y'all. This is terrible. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> I mean, you got to be sick. All, first of all, they did all this talking about they need to – Take action and do this. This defense is terrible. It ain't about coaching. It's about the players. They are horrible. Okay? They made Mitch look like he was. He ran for 63 yards and a touchdown. He had a six-yard average. Ezekiel Elliott had a four-yard average. I mean, the guy, he had a, literally his longest was that 23-yard touchdown run. And Zeke's longest was 31. He had a great run, but the rest of the game, he did absolutely nothing. So think about it. He had a 31-yard run, Zeke, and then the rest of the game, he had 50 yards. He was terrible. Bro, they made Trubisky look like he was Lamar Jackson running around on that field, the way he was dodging those guys in that 23-yard one. Like, the, the cuts he made, he made two of them that made these guys look stupid. And he's not that great a runner. I mean, I, I just thought Trubisky, uh, he totally outplayed – um, you know, in my view, uh, Prescott, Prescott had a TD, but uh, Mitch had three. He was 23 of 31, 244 yards. He had 115-5 rating, three touchdowns, one pick, got sacked twice. Uh, 
Three press. rushing, one running. So, yeah. I mean, three throwing, one running. So he had all four. Four touchdowns. But your boy, uh, you know, Dak had one TD and got sacked twice. His rating was 83.2. And um, he ran it uh, three times for one yard. So I thought, um, you know, I didn't think he threw for 334 yards, but I thought a lot of it was garbage time throws. So I didn't think he had a good game at all. In fact, if you're such a big money quarterback that he wants all this money, he wants to make, you know, what, $30 million a year? Like, he must be tripping because every week all he does is get worse. They get worse by the week, and he's been exposed as a uh, fair to midland quarterback. I always thought he had, like, all this skill and talent. I really do. But he's not winning. He, all he does is run around and throw passes, and they don't win. So he's just a mess. That's all there is to it. You know, he's better than a lot of guys like famous Jameis and guys that throw a lot of picks. I don't think he throws tons of picks. I just think he's not winning. I mean, at some point, if you're going to pay a guy $30 million, you got to win, dude. Sound familiar? Sound like someone else used to play in the NFC East? Yeah, and uh, we already know about him. Uh, But the bottom line is he puts up huge numbers and they give him all that money, but he doesn't win either. When it matters, he doesn't win. But that team, the Vikings with Cousins, they have potential. Uh, you know, they lost in Seattle. Fair enough. He never wins on Monday night. He's got one more chance later this season. In week 16, he's on Monday night again. But I think, um, you know, that team, with if Cook's running and the defense is, is churning, they have the ability, I believe, the Vikings, to, to play with anybody. They can play with anybody, and he could win. I don't care what his record is on Monday night football. The bottom line is, are they going to get in the playoffs, and can he win a playoff game? That's what matters. And that's the thing with both these guys is that they have so much talent around them, and they can't get the wins. It's not like you know some of these guys like Peyton Manning back in the day, some of the players that he had around him, you're like, who is this guy picking him off the street? Tom Brady's the receivers he's had, you couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but he made them into you know all pros. These guys have great talent around them, and they cannot get wins. It really is unbelievable. Mark in Buffalo. Hey, season greeting to you guys. Hey, man. What's happening? Thank you. All right, listen, two things, my friend, I want you to give me your outlook on. I want to see how you think this game's going to go with the Lamar and the Ravens in Buffalo and how you feel about that rematch with Joshua and that other kid, Ruiz, is it? Yeah, and, well, look, the fight's in uh, Saudi Arabia. I'm seeing, you know, the majority of alleged boxing insiders and, you know, reporters and, and guys that and women that cover the sport for a living, uh, most of them, it would appear to me, uh, you know, I'd say seven to five, you know, are on Joshua to win the rematch. A lot of them um, are saying, you know, a couple of them think that Ruiz will will knock him out. But, uh, you know, I'm not feeling that, to be honest with you. I think it's a real dangerous bet, again, to bet on Ruiz, I think the first time he definitely uh, outfought him, outboxed him, outworked him, and Joshua didn't respect him, wasn't ready, uh, took him lightly, and got his ass beat. There's no way I believe for one minute that that guy is not going to be ready for this fight. He knows he lost everything. His career will go down the drain officially for good if he loses this fight. He will be finished. He will be finished in the heavyweight division. He won't even get a good fight. And that's all there is to it. No one on the face of the earth will want to see him fight Wilder or anybody else for that matter. Not Fury, nobody. Because he'll be considered a gigantic P. That's it. That's all there is to it. If that guy kicks him twice, 
He's finished. Trust me, you. So, believe me, I think he'll take that fight a lot more seriously than he did the first time around and probably get it done. But I respect Ruiz. He's fought a million fights as an amateur. The guy showed up and beat his ass. He has the ability to hurt him. So, uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not a big fan of the big, heavy, fat guy fighting. Uh, you know, I think Joshua's a better athlete. And if he takes him seriously, he should win that fight. Bill's Ravens. I think the Ravens are walking into a den of iniquity in Buffalo. I'm going high risk there and thinking the uh, Ravens are in trouble against the Bills. The Bills are able to play with anyone. Anyone that doubts them, they always win. You doubt them, they win. Everyone thought they'd lose in Dallas. They won. Not only did they win in Dallas, they kicked their ass. If you doubt that quarterback, he'll have a big day against you. If you doubt that he can throw, he'll throw it. If you doubt that he can run, he'll run it down your throat. If you doubt that defense, they will shut you down, Russell. That'll be the end of that. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They are licking their chops for the chance to show that they can dance with the big boys, and that would be Lamar Jackson and the Ravens this Sunday up in Buffalo. It's going to be a great game. It's the game of the day. I say the Bills show up and cover. We'll see. Maybe the Ravens blow them out. I don't think that happens. Maybe the Ravens win a close game. I think that's more likely than the uh, former. I think that the Ravens can win the game, but you're giving Buffalo five and a half. You better hope Buffalo doesn't come out and score first because that place will be drunk and loud and crazy and they'll run away with that game like they did the Dallas game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.